But I really, um, I'm very excited to preach on um, the Invest Eye of our series. I love to think of this series that we've been going through. Um, I love the name, This Is Us. This is who Glenridge is. This is who we value. These are the things that we value. And part of the, 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 the most exciting thing for me is that I feel like it's a journey. You know, so often when we're trying to get from A to B, we forget that, this, that what happens in the middle is actually a journey. And for me, it's a journey with Christ and community towards maturity. So as we've gone through the beautiful um, first board of Introduce and Integrate, you have found out and you have learned how important it is for you to know Jesus and to know the church that you're belonging to. And then you've had an opportunity to see, well, how can I get involved? How can I be part of that community? How can I form a family? How can I be part of this family? Um, on our first board, we have our eight values that we've put up. Um, and as, you can, as we go through the series, you'll see that there are different values that are highlighted through each one of the different words. But today, I get to speak to you about invest. I want to leave you with, at the end of this preach, I want to leave you with two statements. The first one is, we are made to grow. And the second one is, we are made to serve. But before I explain these two ideas or concepts to you, I want to answer the question. You might be asking, why am I made to grow and why am I made to serve? I'm so glad you asked. Let me explain. The word invest is a verb. It is a doing word, it is active, it is moving, and it is growing. If you think about investing in any aspect of life, if you're taking money and you're putting it into a policy, you're investing your money into that policy. If you are asking and you are seeking help for your marriage, you're investing into your marriage. If you are raising your kids in the way of the Lord and you're trying very hard to invest in their knowledge and their love of God, you're investing in your children's lives. If you are working in a career and you're asking God for favor and he's promoting you and you're being a light in the place that you're working in, you're investing in your career. So whatever you're doing, whatever you are investing in, don't you wanna ask yourself the question, how is my investment growing? You're not gonna put money into a So how is your investment growing in any of those areas that I've spoken about? Remember, we're on a journey, which means we're not supposed to be standing still. We're actually supposed to be moving and we're supposed to be growing. I'd love us to take a look at Paul. Um, in, the, in the two epistles of Timothy, can I just set the scene a little bit? These are basically the last words that Paul is going to leave before he dies. You know how valuable those words are. Often people ask, what was the last thing he said to you? We know what the last thing Jesus told us was. These are the last words of Paul's. Basically, he is in a dungeon. He has every, every reason to be anxious or uncertain about his life. He's awaiting execution from the evil tyrant Nero. He's destitute. He doesn't even have a coat to keep him warm. He asks Timothy to bring him a coat. He is not the world-renowned best-selling author, and he's not a conference speaker. And at that point, he doesn't know, I read a beautiful thing, it says at that point, he didn't actually know that many years later, people would call their sons Paul, and they would call their dogs Nero. But at this stage, he's just a lonely old man. He's chained to a Roman guard, and he's got many reasons to be disappointed. So as he's awaiting death, Paul had every reason to say, I'm not too sure about the way I lived my life. 
I'm not going to advise anybody to follow my example. But on the contrary, what does he tell Timothy? He says to Timothy, he he displays confident assurance in God, and he urges Timothy to follow his example. This man has got something to tell us about investing our lives successfully. In 1 Timothy 6 verse 20, he says to Timothy, he says, Timothy, guard the deposit that has been entrusted to you. And again in 2 Timothy, he says, by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit that God has entrusted to you. The word deposit was taken from the ancient world in the age before personal safes, safe deposit boxes. A person who was going away for a long time might ask another person to take care of a treasured possession for them. They would entrust the possession to them, depositing it with them, and the person was bound by a sacred oath to protect it. God has given us the gospel inside of us, and he has entrusted us to us. He has deposited it into our account, which is our lives, and he expects that we will guard this priceless, precious treasure. He's entrusted us something that is of infinite worth and surpassing beauty. How's God's investment doing in your life? Have you shown any interest? Would be safe to say for all of us that investing our lives, we're all investing our lives in something. We are all allotted a certain number of days, so we better invest them wisely. It's not too strong a thing to say, and I love Taryn um, and Lefefe asking people about giving their hearts to Jesus. And I wanted to say again today, and you please come and speak to Taryn afterwards, that if you have not deposited your life in God, you're wasting your life. Today is the opportunity that you can deposit your life with Him, and you can show a return on the investment that He entrusts inside your life. It says in Timothy later on, it says, All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I don't know about you, but I want to be thoroughly equipped for every good work that God has for me, which means I want to grow. So how do I grow? How can I invest my life so that I can grow? When I was praying, obviously the first picture that came to my mind was a picture of a tree. And I was reminded of that beautiful scripture in John 15 that says, ready for that slide, shepherd? It says, you can read it with me here. It says, remain in me and also as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Without, unless you remain in me, we are made to grow. I've realized from that scripture that without him, I will never grow. I need to have deposited my life in him. I realized from that scripture that I need to take responsibility for my growth. At Glenridge, we have taken, we've we've got incredible gifts sitting amongst you here. And we are so privileged that we are able to offer training courses throughout the year. How many training courses did you take advantage of this year? How many training courses did you go to to, be, to grow, to grow your spiritual investment, to grow your personal life with God? You'll see on our invest board, we've got three little holders there, 
and inside those, we're going to be updating them. Please take them home. You're welcome to take the brochures home with you. Um, but as you can see, this was the one that we've just done. We've just done the Salty Life course. It has been profound. So Jolson and Wally Gersmeyer have been incredibly, they have really taken evangelism and given, it, given us such incredible tools and handles to be able to apply it to our own lives. Guys, we have grown. Anybody who's attended that course can tell you they have grown, they have learned something new about God, they've learned something new about themselves. It's a beautiful opportunity to take responsibility for your growth. Part of what Paul's instructions to Timothy was that he needed to refute bad doctrine. It's our responsibility to make sure that you're reading the right stuff, that you're listening to the right things. On that little invest board, you'll see, and on our website, we've got some recommended reading. We've got a bookshelf that the elders are adding books to, things that we know are going to grow you in your spiritual walk with God. We've got recommended reading for adults, and on the back, thank you, Jan, we've got recommended reading for children. If you're trying to grow your children in the ways of the Lord, take a look at one of those, see if those books might be something that will be able to help you. Remember that we've never arrived. I'll tell you a funny story. For those of you who know Dudley Daniel, um, Dudley um, was part of the movement, New Covenant Ministries, um, of churches all getting together. He was the person who started that many, many years ago. And I'll never forget, he said, we always have our student cap on. So when I was saying to Stan, I was nervous about preaching this morning, he laughed and he said to me, well, could you please pray for me because I'm preaching and Dudley's in the audience this morning. So I said, okay, maybe you win. Um, but the amazing thing is Dudley sent him an incredible message and said, I feel like I have grown after I heard your preach. And I thought, how incredible. Here is this man. He's in his very late 70s, and he's still asking God to teach him and to grow him. We have never arrived. We can learn from everybody. Remember that. And then to remember, it was on our in, in the, it's a saying that we really have, people have really just um, caught on to here in Glenridge, that we grow not only in rows, we grow in circles. So it's been wonderful. Some of the home groups have decided instead of having home group, they're going to take their whole home group and go and do the parenting course or take their home group and go and do the Salty Life course. Take people on the journey with you. It's so helpful to have people when you're trying to learn to grow. And when we remain in him... His word says that we will mature and we will produce fruit. Shepherd, if I could have the next slide. How incredibly laden are those fruit trees? They're beautiful. I feel like I could just take one of those lemons. I could take one of those apples. But how many of you know that in order for a tree to bear fruit like that, there's been a lot of preparation beforehand. A lot of investment has taken place. We have family who have a farm in Richmond, so I phoned them and asked them if Papa, he's the farmer, if he could please give me some tips on what do you have to do before you, it's a citrus farm, they do oranges and lemons, and he's a German man, so he's not a man of many words, so he gave me four words, so I thought, okay, let's work with that. But how amazing were the words when I went through them? The first thing is, as he said, it's all about soil preparation. How is your soil of your life? Are you preparing it? Are you growing it? Are you getting trained? Are you getting equipped? The second thing was, as he said, you need a good grafted seedling. How amazing. I've just given you that scripture about being grafted into the vine. 
We need to be grafted into Jesus if we ever want to bear fruit like these trees. He said you need compost. So I was thinking about that. I was thinking about again when Timothy said, uh, when Paul said to Timothy that God has given us incredible gifts in the church, Ephesians 4 gifts that are there to help us, correct us, rebuke us, encourage us, grow us. That's what the compost is in our lives. It's the community that God has put you in. And then he said you need water. And it was an easy correlation. We need the living waters of God to flow through us. His Holy Spirit is called water so often. And we just need the Holy Spirit to guide us. We need the Holy Spirit so that we can grow and we can become totally fruit-bearing laden trees. It sounds like quite a good way to grow naturally and spiritually. But the great news, family, is that when the fruit looks like that. It no longer is for the tree. It's for everybody else. You then get the blessed opportunity to be a fruit bearer. One of our core values at our church, if I could have the next slide, as I said, the core values that I think have been coming through in our different eyes, I would say for invest, the core values would be family and generosity. You are part of, there's an incredible privilege and an incredible responsibility to be part of a family. But part of it is that you get to give to your family. Um, it also says that, I just wanted to add a little extra thing to that. Do you know that all our best fruits in South Africa are actually exported? I thought that was quite amazing. When your fruit becomes good, when we bear good fruit, God will use us to impact our neighbors and our nations. But I'm not going to go into our next board because that's Stan and GT's job next week. So ladies and gents, the amazing thing about the fruit, if I could have the next slide, this for me is such an incredible picture of who Glenridge Church is. It becomes your turn, it becomes your turn to bring what you have to the table. You have heard time and time again, dining room Christianity is the way that we're going to grow in this church. What fruit are you bringing to the table? You are made to serve. And then I added underneath that, you're actually made to share. How are you sharing and how generous are you with your fruit? We are all fruitful. I'd like to say that every single one of you, if you've deposited your life in Christ, you are all fruitful. You all have something to contribute. Please don't compare your fruit to other people's fruit. Do you know that different fruit blooms in different seasons? Celebrate each other's fruit. Don't hold yours back because it's not the same as somebody else's. Comparison and bitterness will not produce good, healthy, life-giving fruit that others can partake in and that we can export all over the world. So your fruit might be your gift. It might be your time. It might be your hands. I can tell you, no matter what your fruit is, it is going to require this one thing of you. It's going to require your heart. It's going to require your whole heart. Your heart will show your true motives. Can I implore you, as you consider your invest journey that you are on, that you would lift your head. We prayed as elders on Thursday that people would see and understand their king and their master. And from the understanding the incredible deposit he has put in their lives, that their hearts would overflow, that they would want to love and invest and serve into the community that God has put them in. 
So how can you say yes in this community? Shepherd, if I could have the next slide. You will find a beautiful little pamphlet at the back that you can take home. There are many ways. These are just some of the ways. If you can think of other ways, please come and teach us. Your presence in itself is an investment into this community. How are you going to invest? How are you going to serve and bring the fruit that you have and share it with this community? How can you say yes? You'll see at the back we've also got a beautiful table for shine um, where we are going to, if, you, if you're interested in helping out with shine, shine is the most incredible vehicle in this church to invest. It's investing in the lives of little people who are going to love Jesus for the rest of their lives. Please take this opportunity, go to the back, meet with Megan and Roy, chat to them. They've got a little sample pack of what it means to teach, what you're going to do when you do teach. That is to um, professional people in our church. What they didn't say in the video, which I just loved this part of the story, is we were desperately needing some volunteers to help over the Christmas time or just to help till the end of the term and shine. Um, so we handed around a clipboard in our leaders meeting. It was the quickest clipboard to pass from one person to the next. And Chantelle and Hilton put their names down. They'd never done shine before and they put their names down and they went across there and they realized how much they were actually gaining from the beautiful opportunity to serve and shine. So I just loved that video. I just felt like it was such a beautiful example. We had another example, um, and I hope she doesn't mind me sharing. There's a beautiful lady in our church, a young lady, who has come from a Muslim background, and she was helping out in Shine, and the children in Shine really just spoke to her and just helped her on her journey with Christ. So she got baptized two weekends ago, and she said it was part of the reason was because she, the children and kids ministry had actually helped her on her journey with Christ. So it's such a beautiful place where we can be. So just my last slide at Glenridge Church. We love God passionately. We love each other deeply. And we want to change the world we live in both near and far. Can I invite you today? Take that beautiful fruit that is growing in your life and bring it to the table and share it with your community. Thank you. Can I please pray for us? Father God, I thank you that you have given us talents, abilities, gifts, skills, and many, many opportunities. You have given us such a great privilege of belonging to such a beautiful church family. We know that with privilege comes responsibility. Help us, Lord, to make our lives count. Help us, Lord, to live for eternity, to bring the fruit that you have given us to the table. In Jesus' name, amen.